the way we can prosper. We'll make our way prosperous and have good success. If we mix your word with faith and step out into it. And that's so easy, so simple. But Lord we want you to give us insight and understanding. How to make this happen in a greater way in our lives. And we thank you for that. In Jesus name. Amen. And praise God. <clears throat> so yesterday we started speaking about the fact that your faith is the power. Your faith is the power. Um, those of you who weren't with us yesterday. You can get the CD. Um, um, our first time visitor. What's your name again? Yolanda. I thought you told me Yolanda. Uh, yeah, um, you'll get it for free if you like. So <laughs> you won't have to pay anything. First time visitors always uh, get a free tape. And we hope you come back and visit with us again. We really do. So you're loved and you're accepted here. So amen. Just as you are. Amen. That's good. Amen. We all are. So amen. So any. <laughs> yeah, God loves us. Amen. <laughs> Jesus loves us. So that's a good thing. So anyway, yes. So we're talking about your faith is the power. It is the power. Uh, In Hebrews 4 verse 2. It says for the gospel for unto us was the gospel preached as well as to as to them. They're talking about uh, the nation of Israel when they first came out of the wilderness. And it said but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we said here. That if you mix what you hear with faith, and that's a pretty simple process, uh, I believe it's just a matter of trusting God that he's got you in the right place. Trusting God that he has purposed for you to hear what you're hearing and to relax your judgment, relax your resistance, uh, relax your uh, contention against what you hear. Uh, allow your spirit man to come alive so that your spirit can be engaged Uh, we said also that many times emotions can be engaged when we hear things and if it's just falling on an emotional ear then we will judge it as not being what seems to fit us or what we like you know that kind of thing Uh, many times people will gravitate to messages that they like to hear. The Bible warns us about having itching ears, heaping to ourselves teachers, you know, just listening, listening, I gotta get this one. Oh, I know about that preacher and I've heard their message collecting a lot of messages because our ears only are itching, our hearts are not really longing for truth and longing to be fed. And so when your spirit is engaged, your spirit will will lead you to where you can be fed, lead you to what you need for uh, for the week coming up, for the, the day that you're facing, etc. It prepares you uh, for everything that you will face and keeps you on track to get your victory uh, in what you're doing. A church was never meant to be a place to come and be entertained or, or come and, and spend as little time as possible, you know, and I know people People have things about, you know, uh, uh, one hour and you're done and, uh, you know, the drive through church and the minute Bible. And, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a shame that you put God on such, you know, on the same level as a fast food. Well, anyway, (laughs) you know, if you're going to spend eternity with God, I mean, come on a minute. 
a minute down here and an eternity up there you, you got to get acclimated to to things you know uh, you know I was married for 29 years and you don't give your spouse a minute nothing you know the brother you know stop everything stop payment on this stuff <laughs> just saying you know I don't know nobody I know talking about personal but you know what I'm but you know what I'm saying it's just distasteful if you love someone you give them uh, full attention you give him all your attention you don't withhold anything I hate that withholding thing you know I'm not going to park here and preach you know but, but you know what I'm talking about you, if you, you're committed to somebody you don't put stops on you know that's just that, that ain't right you know that's all I'm going to say about that it's not right and so we, we have to be free givers Bible says freely you have received freely give and so we, we don't really prove anything uh, by withholding uh, what we have I, it just reminds me uh, my late husband and I used to watch Jeopardy every day and he would you know he always talks to the screen everybody talks to TV when they get into it and he you know people would uh, they win a free spin and uh, the moderator would say are you going to use your free spin no I'll, I'll keep it and he, my husband would say that's right take it home with you you know, like, what are you holding on to it for? You need to sow it into somebody's life so it can bless you back. You know, so that's the way I feel about the things related to God. Sow your time into Him. Sow your efforts into God, so you can get something back out of this life. You know, you won't get anything back. You won't reap beyond the level that you're willing to sow. And so, let us be free in in what we now. See, that was a freebie. I, that didn't have anything to do with anything here but that that was free but anyway the nation of Israel could not enter into the rest of God because of their unbelief they just refused to release uh, their unbelief and refused to release that emotional uh, stopping point so that God could really bless them and so they had to mix the word with faith so that they could make progress and they could move forward we talked about faith being the door that lets the anointing in yesterday we talked about <clears throat> miracle working faith and the fact that faith can either be released or it can be withheld and so we're, we're going to talk about faith that, that can move mountains today and, and how to release it uh, we said that Oral Roberts had a key to faith and this, this took him uh, his ministry to great heights and he revolutionized the way Christians thought about God and I think his 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 the keys that he had opened the door to people knowing that they could trust God part of faith is trust brother Hagen came along later and gave people the tools that they needed to use their faith but first you must trust God that trust factor must be because you're putting yourself your faith in someone and so you have to understand that God is a good God he taught that that God could be trusted God would work miracles God would heal you and he would make you prosperous he talked about the point of contact and that is a an event or a situation that you have decided to release your faith when that 
situation comes about. We talked about the laying on of hands ministry. How faith is released into uh, the person uh, when that when the minister places their hand on the person faith is released and the anointing goes with faith the anointing goes to manifest the word we talked about the fact that faith has certain conditions under which it will work faith works by love talked about faith being uh, the star really of the show and faith really commands all of the conditions that it will work in and so if faith works only by love faith works in righteousness and faith works in righteous situations where people have put their faith in God Uh, that's how uh, sinners can get a healing you know get get prayers answered because they put their faith over in God that that's accounted to them as righteousness though they don't have a covenant and they don't have what we have but but they can get there you know by putting their trust and their confidence in God and so it's really a trust factor uh, that God causes God to look upon us with favor faith also needs other things to help it. it needs patience it needs strength uh we call that i called it faith's entourage where there are certain elements that will come and help faith patience helps faith to release promises to us on schedule in season so if patience is there to help us to endure the waiting process then it helps faith to not release it prematurely so that faith is able to hold on to what you're you're looking for lest you receive it prematurely and squander it patience looks out for your future patience helps you not to be a gambler in God's kingdom you know what I'm saying just get a bunch of it at one time and and squander it away and and that kind of thing patience helps you with that and so we talked about all of those helpers to your faith we talked about the miracle catch yesterday the disciples uh, were able to uh, at at Jesus at obeying Jesus' words they were able to get two boats of fish loaded up uh, and and the nets broke and they had never seen anything like that and uh, Peter because he had had, uh, tried to argue with Jesus a little bit about it came to repentance in that atmosphere so that the holiness of God is present when faith is present when there's an anointing for miracles uh, oftentimes there's a strong spirit of repentance there uh, or strong spirit of holiness that brings people under conviction it, it, it just takes strips away all of your facade and you kind of see yourself you know in in your imperfection and you want to yield yourself over more to God and so it was a good thing and we talked about that being a good atmosphere for soul winning and evangelism people talk about uh, healing being the dinner bell to bring people to Christ and so all of these things go hand in hand because faith is is being released in the word of God is being mixed with faith so we're going to talk about faith that moves mountains today in Mark 11 in verse 23 
And it talks again about the trust factor involved in faith. Who are you putting your faith in? The Bible says to every man is dealt the measure of faith. So sounds as though nobody starts out at an advantage. It's what you do with your faith that makes all the difference in the world in your life. And so in Mark 11 <clears throat> we see where Jesus and the disciples had passed a tree the day before and Jesus cursed the fig tree. Verse 20 it says in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remember said to him master behold the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said to them have faith in God. In other words put your faith in God not in things not in man but but what Jesus is saying is I put my faith in the father and I expect you to put your faith in the father and he says for truly I say to you whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he says so you have to have faith in your own words when you speak God's word you can't be down on yourself because you don't feel so righteous or you don't feel you know like a a super saint or anything but if those words are uttered they're uttered in faith by the spirit of faith and so you have to have confidence that you will have what you say Uh, if you have faith in God you know that you are using his faith you're using his word and if you're speaking it out of your own mouth and your own heart and you don't doubt in your heart that God will do it then you can have whatsoever you say this leads us to be <coughs> understanding how important it is to guard our heart with all diligence and guard our words so that we speak nothing but the word of God especially in situations where we desire to see certain things happen you can't change your confession and this is something that happens in life situations will come up and it will look like things are going the reverse direction of what you anticipate them going and you can't look at the natural and change what you say based on what you see that's not faith in God so your faith must be totally invested in God no matter what you say in the natural and he adds this when you stand praying forgive that is so important because we said faith works by love it works in a holy atmosphere it will not work in an atmosphere where there's uh, there's pride there's arrogance and hatred and all of those things striving and he says so that your father which is in heaven can forgive you your trespasses because if you don't forgive your father won't forgive you and so your prayer goes nowhere and so we have to be diligent about living a holy life living a life where our heart isn't lying to us you know you say nice things to people with your lips and then your heart has has animosity in there that's not you're not going to get anything from God like that you know the the Bible says don't don't trick yourself God's not going to be mocked in this whatever you sow you reap and so if you sow out of a heart of bitterness or unforgiveness or something like that you'll you'll reap out of that thing and so it's very simple to keep short accounts with God you gotta forgive this person you know sometimes you'll say something to somebody they'll misunderstand you get angry that's the time to say father you know forgive me for being short with that person I forgive that individual and go on with your life 
You got me? You have an advocate when you sin. Somebody goes to bat for you. And he's there to help you to walk in holiness and righteousness before God. So that your prayers can be answered. And so we said here, Jesus says here, that faith can move mountains. Faith has moving power. It has moving power. Many things in our lives that stand in our way of a blessing need to be moved. And so we need to understand that your faith is the muscle that moves things so that you can get a clearance to receive what you need from God. You can have the blessings of God in a flow in your life. Sometimes if you have to wait too long, there's something, there's a mountain standing in the way of your answer. And you've got to use your faith to move that thing out of the way. Whether it's continuing to thank God for it, binding the devil, commanding that mountain to move, speaking to that thing, get out of my way. God has a blessing for me. We must use our faith in some way. To remove those obstacles because this is our life, you know. You know, I know people say things like, well, if God wants to bless me, he can bless me. No, you little lazy thing, you better better get your mouth in gear and your faith in gear. He gave you faith to use for what you need. And many times we don't just want anything. Do we? We want specific things in our lives. And so we don't want just anything from God. He wants us to be confident enough in him to ask for what we desire. And so he says what things soever you desire. When you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Faith has a lot to do with wanting. It's what you want to see happen. It's what you want to come to pass. As long as it lines up with God's word. All the promises the Bible says are yes and amen by us. We can say yes to anything that God uh, illuminates and lights up to us from his word. Amen. And so, and, and then you can, can get faith for other things as well. Because God will do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. So faith is has the moving power it'll move mountains things that remain under normal faith move when the faith of God is applied so if you see things in the natural realm that don't line up with God's word those things can be moved with God's word with you mixing God's word with faith and applying it there for instance if your children are in a school and there are uh, children who bully them you know you don't have to wait for them to get beat up or you know for it to come to your door you find out from your children something's not right you hit it right away with your faith you know God you said that that my kids would be taught of the Lord and great would be their peace I want my kids to go to school in great peace and you bullying spirit I command you to get off those kids I command peace among those children in Jesus name and go on with your life folks that's what you do your faith is there for you to use to move mountains out of the way of whatever God's promised you so whatever your promise is I mean whatever your mountain is your faith in God will move it there are certain things that, that need to be be moved looking at the mountain won't do it hmm? this is what Israel did speaking about the size of the mountain won't do it meditating on how hopeless you feel because of the mountain won't do it and prophesying falsely about the mountain for instance it's never going to change oh, it's going to be years before that happens huh 
Men who saw mountains as obstacles invented tools to move them by faith. That's how you can get from one end of this country to the other. They blasted mountains out of the way. Amen. Those were barriers back in the day. But people stood there and they say, they say things like there's got to be a way to do this. You know. It's amazing to me that how faith is so uh, the, the similarities between natural things that we use to move mountains are so similar to God's faith. Yesterday we said one of the words for for the anointing or God's power is dunamis which is dynamite. And what do people use to blast through mountains? They use dynamite. Amen. So the keys are there. God's hinting. Wisdom is calling at us to listen to God and see get some ideas from God as to how to, to solve these situations. But people did those things by faith. They just studied and meditated and pretty soon an idea came to them. They, they, uh, recently my family was out at, um, uh, um, Boulder Dam. Is that what it is? Yeah, out there in Las Vegas and Arizona in that area. And who, Hoover Dam? Well, like I said, whichever one, <laughs> whichever one of them things, you know. I just remember them sending me pictures at, at, of, Elvis and somebody standing. Thank you very much. That's all they they sent me. Okay, so Hoover Dam, but it's a it's a a remarkable accomplishment, you know that that human beings could interrupt the natural flow of things and carve uh, power out of nowhere and, and bring water to the desert. All of those things because they refuse to be stopped by a mountain. And I think that's just so like people to not want to be stopped by natural obstacles. Why is it that we as saints shrink back when we see difficulty because it's so normal to want to pursue and and overcome and overtake and blast through and plow through those things. So Israel though, the nation of Israel, spent many many years in the wilderness going around the same mountain because they refused to mix faith uh, with the word of God. He told them that they would take the mountain. No foe would be able to stand before them all the days of their lives. They just refused to mix the word with faith. And so they were uh, condemned to just walk around the mountain. You know, whatever you refuse to challenge, you get stuck with. Hmm? You just get stuck with it. The Bible says that generation was 40 years in the wilderness. Now listen, God didn't abandon them. They weren't orphans there. The Bible says they weren't hungry. He fed them supernaturally every day. And then when the the manna dried up, they were able to to do a little bit of farming and and grab some things, you know, when it dried up. And they were able to cross over. But they walked around. They said in their, the shoes, they had the same pair of shoes for 40 years. Now, I'd have been highly upset. I'd say, y'all get me out of here. I mean, come on now. Their feet didn't swell. I like that part. (laughs) Amen. But there, you know, I mean, if you ate too much, your dress grew. And if you shrunk down, your dress shrunk. It's amazing. Same thing with your shoes. You know, I mean, your your clothes grew on you, etc. And they didn't get old. 
they were like brand new like the day you put them on every day and so God fed them and he clothed them if it got too bad they got sick but then he'd bring them back into health again you understand what I'm saying so God supernaturally took care of them but God didn't want them to just live on just enough he wanted them to prosper you got me just living from day to day hand to mouth is never enough for God for his children let's just make that perfectly clear and so if it's in your heart to prosper and have more that's coming from God see that's what he wants for you and so but he has a way that he wants his children to obtain it and so the nation of Israel uh, did something that we have to keep ourselves from doing because Jesus said we can have what we say and they committed the sin of murmuring against God when they when things would not go well for them now this word murmuring the word murmuring is kind of interesting I was looking it up earlier today and you know that that word disappears from the Bible after the book of numbers so really what that says is God destroyed the murmuring off of his people because that group that murmured they died in the wilderness so that word totally disappears unless it's a a reference back to it you know and and, but it as far as everyday usage it's not there anymore that word murmuring really means to be uh, to stay someplace permanently so that mountain remains there you complain against it you tell I'm tired of like yeah, you know how we do. Murmur really means to be obstinate. It means to complain. It means to lodge all night. To endure. To tarry. <laughs> to dwell. So what that says is if you complain about something you give it permission to stay there you are making it permanent in your life by what you say about it tell me about it Hmm? it gets it planted rooted and it doesn't go anywhere and the Bible says God let them die there their carcasses fell in the wilderness because of murmuring and really it would not have been hard for them to obey God trust me because the Bible also says that God took them the easy route the wilderness was it was a longer distance but it was easier it makes me think about this how many times do we get tired of waiting for God to give us what we're asking for but really if he if he tried to get it to you faster it would be harder on you so he's really going at everybody's pace that they can handle because really for Israel it was too quick for them you know 40 years man that's fast you know but but you know what I'm saying so he said that in fact there's more warfare if you go the short route so it says that he he could have taken them the way of the Philistines which was faster but he didn't want them to get scared when they saw war so waiting really 
helps you not to have to fight so much and be scared so much and then run them down by the devil and you know the devil's fighting me because I got a tremendous anointing on my life yeah we all do you know the devil fights you because that's what he does you got me (laughs) you run because that's what you do you understand me you know what I'm saying this is nonsense folks the devil picks and chooses who he fights he has a strategy for everybody you know he'll kill you if it weren't for the hand of God's mercy on your life you understand me and so we we have to to get sober in our thinking where these things are concerned and understand that we have to apply our faith against the things that hinder you've got to take it for granted that God wants you to have whatever it is that you're praying and you're standing for you must accept that without wavering you can't say God wants you to have it one day and maybe he changed his mind what makes God change his mind nothing his mind's made up from the foundation of the earth he's already said he wants to bless you he knows you're not going to be faithful with half of what he gives you you're going to throw this away and that away and do all these things he knows that already and he still wants to bless you so you ain't so tough that you know oh god he don't want me to have too much well you'll never have too much huh you'll probably have just enough until you get to understand more about the goodness of God and so it's it's good to to stay in the right frame of mind to stay in the word so that God can help us to to challenge these things but I believe a lot of the the delay in what we desire from God has to do with the fact that we don't keep our faith engaged thank you to the degree that these mountains get cleared out of the way people's words become a mountain in your life we get around the wrong people and listen to the wrong counsel the wrong advice on things instead of going directly to God and to the word we take a survey of 15 people we know even when you don't ask people they will volunteer their their little opinions about your life and so this war of words that we're in must be won by God's word if we're going to have what we say and so Jesus is warning us to keep your hearts pure faith works by love you can't change your confession once you start declaring what it is that you desire from God you must keep your confession the same way can't change it based on what people say is going to happen or what the forecast is you know uh, I remember fighting through some rainstorms um, just because I felt like I needed to get where I wanted to get and I want to get there you know and, and you know God moved this cloud for me and speaking to that cloud making it move you know a cloud can follow you from the time you get on the highway to you get where you going you can tell it to go the other way I want sunshine in my direction and you know leave me alone you know you can go someplace else but you know you can you can speak to the elements you can command things with your faith you know Joshua did that and, and we can do it too 
one of the first miracles we got as a ministry was speaking to weather you know and, and that kind of thing we're at a conference and we paid money to go there we weren't we will go get rained out <laughs> and so God told us to speak to the sun and commanded to come out and talk to the rain and tell it to pass and we did that so we had a good time and so these things are, are part of what you are are um, uh, commanded and commissioned to do by God with your faith you know those I used to call it cutting your teeth on on the things of God you know those early early things where you you see miracles and continue to do them you know because you'll always need that faith working in your life so if we meditate when when we uh, murmur it causes us uh, to meditate and yield to darkness fear will take over and if we withhold our faith and not release our faith because of fear or, or darkness there, it will not work and we won't get what we desire. There are times when, when our minds and our hearts will turn against things we have prayed for. You know, sometimes people just want to quit and give up because they feel like you know you get weary and you want to faint. The Bible tells us not to do that. Don't get weary in well doing because you'll you'll reap in due season. You know your due season will come. <clears throat> I I always kid people at offering time. I said offering time is when we need to have the most faith, but it's when you can feel the faith getting sucked out the air sometimes. And you say, "Well, it's it's offering time," and if people didn't clap and fight against the faith suckers, you know, we we wouldn't have much of a um, an offering. But you know, many times people get tense, they get fearful because they're not, you know. That's why Paul said, before I get there, decide what you're going to give me and don't play around with me like that. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> don't, don't work my nerve like that. But you, you can tell. Sometimes people are fearful. I don't know if I have enough. Or blah, blah, blah. But it's, a normal, it's an automatic reflex sometimes for some people. Thankfully, many people do vow and they have a certain amount set aside that they're going to give. Uh, and, and hopefully in an atmosphere uh, uh, where you can give freely, you know, the free real offering is something that's always good to employ. I noticed that with our, our uh, conference meetings. The second offering, people are in a lot better mood than they were the first time around. You know what I'm saying? I got me a prophecy. I think I'm going to put something in there. You know, they feel like they got something. Amen. They feel a little more generous, etc., etc. And so, you know, you. But it, in the the point I'm trying to make here is that your faith works with your will. If you are willing to do something, your faith works best under those circumstances. So faith and the will are very much connected. For instance, if if I know I'm going to a meeting and they're going to ask for a thousand dollar offering, I'll get tight on the inside of me, you know, and, and defending myself against my thousand if I have it somewhere, a credit card. And so it's it's good to understand that your will must be released in your giving. You can't ever be in a withholding mentality or withholding in your heart and get the best for God. God will tell you if that's your amount that you're to give. And you can still release your faith for whatever it is that he wants you to do. But don't get to the point where you're so fearful 
that God may want you to give something you don't want it or do something you don't want to do that you withhold your faith from it. You got me? You must keep your faith loosed and freed at all times because there are times when God may want to bless you unexpectedly in some way. And if you're a person who walks by faith, then you freely have your faith out there for God to use it anytime he feels that, that he, you're in the neighborhood of a blessing. You know what I'm saying? You can you can get unexpected blessings from people because you release your faith sometimes a, a, a prophecy will help you with that you know I think it's it's wonderful because if, if God speaks a word to you and you say oh wow well good I expect that and you release your faith for it your expectation level rises your desire level rises and you find those things come to you because it's been quickened and made alive by the word of prophecy over your life it's bad to receive a prophecy and not meditate on it take it with you every day and live in expectation of it you know because what happens is that 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 prophecy probably has still a lot of life on it where it could produce for you but if we kind of like let it work once or let it work a little bit and don't refresh ourselves in it then it doesn't the life of it gets extended the more faith you pump into it if you can keep reminding yourself of it and and let the life of it be extended that way uh, then you'll be able to receive more out of that prophecy so we talked about withholding faith releasing faith mixing faith with your words you can have what you say always express faith in God's word when I'm challenged in in some way in my life I make it a habit of instead of worrying and doubting about something uh, like I was was talking about how long it's been taking me to get my health back from an injury a fall that I had and uh, um, whenever I feel discomfort or pain I begin to thank God for healing me instead of wondering what I need to do to get rid of it you got me so you can take what used to be a trigger for worry and concern and make it into a faith confession or make it an opportunity to release your faith in these things by just forcing yourself to think differently about it Uh, think faith about it think God's word about it Uh, believe that God has already healed you and this is the enemy standing in the way of your healing this is a mountain standing in the way of your healing and begin to approach it that way if you approach it from a level of victory then you understand what it means that that the work for your blessing is finished already there's nothing left for God to do to get you healed all you got to do is believe it's paid for it's already done and 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 it's the enemy that's keeping you from enjoying good health it's the enemy that's keeping us from enjoying everything you know so we can can lock into that truth and so I found that uh, pains are lessened uh, discomfort Comfort is lessened, uh, poverty is lessened, everything is lessened because I force myself to stay in faith, always releasing faith in God and confidence in God. You may have other ways of doing that, but I think it's a good thing to always train yourself to stay in faith. So you can train yourself to self to stay in faith and not look at and investigate, you know, the reasons why. 
Reasons why will not help you unless you're a physician. Huh? It's true. We ain't doctors here. Amen. We're recipients. We're saints. And so it's uh, it's a, a, a kind of a lost a lost trail that you're going down because at the end of the trail you still got to believe God to heal you or some natural means to heal you. Uh, I'm I'm always shocked at how people that used to stand on the word now are selling herbs and oils and all this stuff and and trying to get the natural root in in healing you know uh, instead of using the word you know when the word is what Jesus used and the word works beautifully on everything if you can use that word it's amazing to me people will pick up scriptures for money but when it comes to health there's oh, you know <laughs> it's the same it's the same covenant folks it's the same faith the same word it works on everything so challenge yourself a little bit you know talk to that headache before you go you know grab whatever you grab but you know speak to that and bring God into it uh, before you resort to natural means <clears throat> sometimes natural means won't be able to help you and so it's good to have your faith built for these things so that's what we're doing we're building our faith in the word of God and that word will always work uh, you know when you go to the doctor they'll tell you uh, first thing they say well, what's wrong with you uh, what'd your daddy have? What'd your mama have? What everybody had? Got to give them a history. They know where to pigeonhole you once they they get information. My father lived to be ninety six years old, and he said, "Well, they want to know what my father had for." <laughs> he wouldn't tell them anything. <laughs> he go down the line and check him off. They said, "Is anybody in your family had no? Anybody had no? Anybody had it no?" <laughs> and as father as my father knows, nobody had anything because they didn't go to the doctor back in those days, you know. So he's just funny like that. He get uh, you know we get him. He was a veteran, and so he would get in the VA system, and uh, you know we we get him in there because we were concerned about him, you know, in some way, and. He couldn't wait to get sprung. Can you girls come over and get me? They releasing me. I said, Daddy, come on. already? Yeah. They let me know. He knew how to talk his way out of here. <laughs> he promised him the sun and the moon. Mr. Mason, you're going to come back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He go in there, his blood pressure was sky high. He get home, didn't take them pills. We go in pills stacked, and he lived to be ninety six. Go figure, you know, go figure. His faith wasn't in sickness. He didn't put any confidence in it. He didn't put any credence to it. You know, it just faith works, folks. You know, we get concerned about everything. Now, I'm not saying telling anybody go do nothing. You understand? But I'm telling you what I know about that man. You know, he would he drank a lot. That was usually why we turned him in. You know, we wanted him to get one of them programs, you know. He'd be in the program. He'd tell them what they want to hear until he got, he saw he convinced them into letting them go. And he was back out there again, you know. Tough guy, you know, he just didn't, he just had something about him that just kept uh, believing for life and believing for health. He wasn't debilitated when he passed away. Uh, He was pretty much in a sound mind and so... 
you know those those things work faith works he didn't coddle himself he didn't baby himself and so uh, you know he he was able to reach out to God also when he needed to and tell anybody about it but you know you could tell he was in communion communication with the Lord so anyway but uh, faith works it works by love and it works with resisting the power of darkness there was an actress many years ago and she she was also a dancer and she said she woke up one day and and uh, her legs didn't want to move and uh, she was concerned and and uh, at that time she was under contract in a, a show on Broadway and of course they keep you in perfect health there you're insured you know what I'm saying oh this is a big deal for people who are depending upon you and they had her go to doctor after doctor and and uh, the doctors finally told her she had MS and she said that she said and I would notice when those things would happen she said before my leg would go numb she said I could feel that thing coming in the room she could feel she could sense in the spirit a dark presence and she says that thing kept coming after me she said and one day I just told it I belong to Jesus you can't have me I told Jesus to come into my heart when I was a little girl and you get out of here you can't have me and from that she rededicated her life to the Lord and served God the rest she never went back to dancing or anything 100% healed she's alive today still 100% healed because she used her faith to speak to the mountain that was coming to take her health from her and and so I believe if, if a backslidden Christian you know dancing with almost nothing on on Broadway can do it uh, <coughs> you got me it's there for us folks it's there for us use your authority against these things speak to these mountains so um, the next thing I was going to show you is resurrection power in your faith. There's resurrection life and power in your faith. And we're in John chapter 11. And this is a story about Lazarus and Jesus coming to heal him. When, when Jesus was called, Lazarus was only sick. Jesus uh, could not leave where he was to go over to take care of Lazarus but you'll see how faith works to raise somebody from the dead and to get the answer that God wants for you in 11 verse 1 a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and uh, her sister Martha it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore his sisters sent unto him saying Lord behold he whom you love is sick now here you see faith being released from the sisters to Jesus have faith in God so they're taking what faith they have and releasing it over to him once you release your faith to God unless you take it back unless you you know go to bed at night and say I don't want this anymore you know let the last word out of your your mouth be God I'm sorry <laughs> carrying on all day Please do what I ask you to do anyway. You understand what I'm saying? You reconcile yourself back with God. But once it's placed in Jesus, it's up to him to bring it to pass. You got me? Once your faith is invested in God and his word, then God has it. 
So at this point Jesus has Lazarus. He's heard the request. The sisters put their faith in him. So what happens from, from here on out is totally up to the Lord. You got me? Same thing with the the um, uh, the guy that was the, the officer in the temple. With a daughter, remember? And the woman with the issue of blood comes up and stops the whole process. And they send word again. The girl dies. And Jesus tells him, don't doubt. Just keep believing. You got me? So Jesus takes care of He's the author and completer of your faith. There's something he's doing to make your faith stronger. Make it complete. Perfect it. Because there are lots of stuff we have still to get from God that it's going to take faith to get. It's This isn't a one shot deal where you get one thing from God. Happy you got it. Hope he don't see it was you that was getting this stuff. You know because he may not like me today. You know it's none of that kind of stuff. But it's it's a life of faith that he's building in us. It's, he wants to continue to help us to increase in our faith. And so when, when Jesus has it in verse 4 he's got it. When Jesus heard that he said this. This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God. That the son of God might be glorified thereby. Whenever we make a prayer to God. It is not it is not for for defeat. It's you know the defeat is already stopped once we put our faith in God. From that point forward we look for success. Don't keep doubting and say, Well maybe this uh uh-uh. uh you keep looking for success once that request is made. And you keep reiterating your faith. By worshiping God and serving him. you got confidence in him. If you have confidence in God it's no problem for you to serve him. If you've got confidence in God it's no problem for you to worship him. And read your word. All those things uh, solidify your confidence in God. It says Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So you see the element of love in here. Faith works by love. We said. So there's nothing, Jesus sees nothing from this point on except success in this situation. He, he knows it's going to work. No matter what else happens, Jesus has got this. Okay? So once you put your faith in Him, He's got it. And He will bring to pass what it is that you ask for. When He had heard, therefore, in verse 6 that He was sick, He stayed two days still in the same place where He was. So it wasn't that He stayed there because He was afraid Lazarus, you know, He had to get there. He's, he's on no time crunch. God brings time with Him, He's in charge of time too. So he allows this process to happen. He said then after that he said to his disciples let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him master the Jews of late sought to stone you there. Why are you going there again? Jesus says you know I I can work in in the light. He said it was dark two days ago but it's light now. It's safe for me to go there. And so God does things after the counsel of his own will. He knows the end from the beginning he knows the strategy of the enemy against us he knows what he has to do to make conditions right for that miracle to come to pass so while we're fretting and sweating and wondering God is setting up our deliverance he's setting up our miracle he's setting up our answer 
You've got to have that kind of confidence in God. And you cannot be moved by what you see in the natural. You, you can't be moved by those things. Those things will pass away and God's word will still be there working to bring you the answer. And so uh, he says uh, <clears throat> in these things he said verse 11 and after that he said to them our friend Lazarus is sleeping. But I'm going that I may wake him out of sleep. In other words Jesus is saying these girls asked me to heal him. I can't get there in a hurry. But I've held his soul in life. See that's what that's what that scripture means. The Bible says he holds your soul in life. If you put your confidence in God he holds your soul in life. It's not in death. It's in life. So whatever you're asking him will come to pass. He'll do that thing for you. The disciples of course were confused about it. Jesus later cleared it up. He said Lazarus is dead in verse 14. He said I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. <laughs> so that you could believe. So about now he's getting a little tired of all this nonsense they go through all the time. Anytime there's a miracle needed the disciples tend to get nervous and fall apart just like we do you know the bigger the thing you need to get you to where you want to go the harder we fret you know until God has to straighten us out he says and then Thomas pipes in with some nonsense and they're still but Jesus is still proceeding towards Bethany where Lazarus where Lazarus is now laying in a tomb in verse 20 Martha as soon as she heard Jesus was coming went and met him but Mary sat still in the house smart lady she didn't have anything to contribute to the situation so she stayed home Martha on the other hand you know she wants to tell Jesus off you know you had been here our brother wouldn't have died Jesus says to her your brother shall rise again Martha said to him I know he'll rise in the resurrection on the last day. So here are approaches to the miracle working promises of God. If your spirit is engaged you'll be able to receive understand what he's saying. Agree with it walk with God in it. That's what we need to do as believers. Martha instead comes up with some religious answer some some uh, you know Bible class type answer you know who knows the answer to this question that's where her mind is and so we have to as believers understand there is a difference in how to respond to God's word when he's putting his word in our hearts let that word sink in be like Mary just keep your distance let Jesus work she put her confidence in him etc etc just let him work okay and let God work and let that word come just continue to agree with God's word and don't try to know a whole lot to have smart answers you know this is what happens sometimes when when we're maybe sick a long time we start wondering what the reason is all these reasonings are what come in and hinder our faith there's no reason why you're sick you're sick because the devil wants to kill you and he wants to kill everybody so this is the only reason and so you got that reason already so let's move on and let God work and get us healed amen so that's what Jesus every step he takes he's moving forward to the tomb so that he can heal Lazarus 
as you can see every step he's taking toward Lazarus's resurrection there's a hindering spirit coming up to ask questions and stop it same thing that happens with us when you're moving toward your miracle all kinds of questions will pop into your head wonder why it's taking so long what did I do to mess up am I going to get this am I on the right road or am I all that stuff this is that being played out Jesus said to Martha I'm the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he is dead yet shall he live whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die do you believe this yeah Lord then she gives him the school schoolgirl answer again you know I believe that you are the Christ the son of the living God has nothing to do with anything he asks her see God wants to penetrate our hearts we want to keep it on a head level he wants to get deep down where we believe she said to him in, in verse 28 when she and when she had so said she went her way then she wants to get her sister involved in her unbelief so she calls Mary secretly saying the master has come and he's calling for you well that's not true so religion always wants to get more people involved in it to hinder the work of faith and be careful about pat answers borrowing other people's answers borrowing their pet phrases to fit your situation you know you know we did that teaching about lawyer up you go to the advocates yourself and get your answer from God you can get a strategy from God for your healing and you need one and so she said and she told Mary and soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came to him Mary would only come if the master wanted her there smart don't get involved in things voluntarily be led by the spirit of God and so Jesus was not yet come to the town but was in that place where Martha met him the Jews there that were with her in the house comforting her you know here are the mourners right in one Bible translated those who bring casseroles you know in our family we have a phrase grim reapers here you know and just some people wait for somebody to die and pull out the suit and you know I mean I guess they can't do anything else so you know what I'm saying so they feel that's that's showing their respect but God wants to raise us up folks he doesn't want a funeral where we show our respects he wants to raise people up <clears throat> So Mary, in verse 32, came to where Jesus was. She saw him, fell down at his feet, and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. So this is the buzz that's going around. Because this ain't the first time. Isn't that what Martha just told him? Hmm? Be careful accusing God because you have to wait for something. Hmm? God, if you had been here, if you had told me this was going to happen to me, I never would have done this I know it was going to be like this Lord I wish I hadn't ever asked for this prayer because it's taking too long it's taking a lot out of me you know and so we want to accuse God of not being who he says he is loving us having our best interests at heart we can't tolerate patience it's very hard for us to accept that 
And so when patience comes in, it's to perfect us and complete us so that we're not um, discouraged. We're not uh, clamoring for something premature, creating Ishmael's in our lives, etc., etc. We want God wants us to wants to work with our faith so that we can have the real thing. And so Jesus saw her weeping. <coughs> Jesus, I'm sorry, uh, verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with us, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. That groaning in his spirit is a type of intercession. Now Jesus has to maintain his faith and his anointing and his power. So what's happening around Lazarus, there's an atmosphere of resignation to the fact that he is dead. There's nothing we can do. There's no hope for us. Jesus then has to come into that situation and blast through that with his faith and the anointing and break through that atmosphere and create an atmosphere where resurrection power can reside. You got me? So he has to do his own type of interceding to plow through this to create an atmosphere where faith dominates, power dominates, and all of these things dominate. That's why we worship God before the word goes forth. Prepare your hearts to receive the word. So that you don't have all the cares of the weak hanging on you and all of that stuff. Your your heart's open it's it's merry it's light and it's receptive to the word of God and that's the same thing that's happening here Jesus has to intercede here and he says where have you laid him and they said Lord come and see Jesus wept so he's still interceding so that he can make that atmosphere conducive to the power of God to get him up. And then said the Jews behold how he loved him. And some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind. Have caused even that this man should not have died. So you see the general uh, um, mentality there is one of defeat. One of it's too late. One of let's go home and, and just you know eat a little something until we feel better kind of thing. You know just barely getting by. And Jesus wants to come in there with, with faith that's going to raise this man up. <clears throat> Jesus therefore again verse 38 groaning in himself came to the grave. It was a cave and a stone was laid upon it. And Jesus said take the stone away. Martha her sister came and said Lord by this time he's stinking he's been dead four days. So at this point it's only Jesus who has the faith that this man will rise again. And this is what we depend on. That's why we put our faith in him because he has faith to endure to the end even when we have doubt in our mind, even when we feel like we're just we've given all we've got and it's hopeless, it's too late. The Bible says when we're faithless, He's yet faithful because he can't deny himself. He can't be anything other than who he is. And he is the resurrection and the life. He told Martha that. He says I bring resurrection life with me. I am that person that you're looking for. 
And so he tells him take away the stone. And she says her little bit. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and prayed. And he intercedes again. That's why the Bible says he forever lives to make intercession for the saints. Because we need it up until the very last minute. You understand? He's always there. That's why you put your faith in him. That's why you can speak to a mountain and he'll move it. The mountain at this point was that stone that was keeping Lazarus in the grave. That's the only thing at this point that's standing between Lazarus and life again is that little mountain bit of a stone that's there. Jesus tells them to roll it out of the way and he begins to declare to the father he said I thank you that you've heard me and I knew you hear me always says I know what you can do father but I'm doing this for the sake of the people who are looking on so they will know that you sent me many times the things that we endure folks is not just God giving us a hard time and stretching us to the max for no reason but there are other people watching you you don't know who's watching your witness but you'll know when people come up to you and ask you for prayer or people come up to you and and respond positively to you and so forth they're watching you and so there's more to your life than just what you need in your life. There's other things. And so Jesus looks at this as a time when people can believe that God will raise them from the dead and raise people from the dead. And sure enough, Peter looking on would have his opportunity after Jesus is ascended to raise Tabitha from the dead. So they know how this operation works. And he said with a loud voice, he said, Lazarus come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. So he was, uh, Jesus had to call him out of this tomb and now there are people who who preach and I've heard this preach in fact I used to believe it until God showed me something different but but uh, you know you've ever heard it preached somebody said well if Jesus hadn't called Lazarus by name everybody would have gotten up out of the tomb and so forth well you know faith doesn't work like that that's not true that's not true because there might have been two Lazaruses in there and they both would have you know what I'm saying so he called him by name but it wasn't just the name that got him up out of there faith works by what's in your heart what things you desire believe you receive what did Jesus want he wanted that one man up out of that grave you got me and so faith works on the desire of your heart faith is that specific faith will not pull remember we said that that faith is protected because uh, it would be like dynamite it could explode everywhere if it weren't confined in by these conditions it works by love works through patience it needs strength by virtue and, and we need to add to our faith certain things that complete it and so Jesus faith works with specifically with with the desire of his heart his desire was to raise that one man up because the conditions for Lazarus release were met his sisters wanted him healed 
So they put their faith in God. Once it was placed in Jesus it was up to Jesus to do the rest of the work. And so he did the rest of the work. He helped them to hold on to their faith. He saw that they were believing he was dead anyway. So he took this as a time to teach them what faith in God would do. And so he teached, he preached, and he healed. That was his ministry. When he got to a place where there was unbelief he taught people. And so he took this as what Oprah calls a teachable moment you know what I'm saying Uh, but that's what it was for him and he took these opportunities all the time to teach people how to have faith in God but faith works very specifically it gives you the desires of your heart what's in your heart is what you express to God and that's what faith will always bring in for you amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for allowing us to see how our faith works thank you for giving us faith thank you for giving us your faith that we live by the faith of the son of God we thank you Lord that you love us and you care for us you give us such great things by the working of our faith our faith in you I thank you Lord that there's resurrection power mountain moving power miracle working power salvation and healing power all in faith and we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name amen praise God if anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray for you